0: this episode is brought to you by notorious fire company firefighter owned and operated notorious fire company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service whether it's your stainless steel water bottles tumblers four-in-one koozies You can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code fire radio june 2023 that is fire radio june 2023 you'll get free shipping on all orders within the u.s so check them out notoriousfire.com lenny and the crew they're making great stuff and i have to tell you with the summer upon us the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend, we're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIRE radio, June 2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. This episode is brought to you by Box Alarm Grills. When your apparatus arrives on scene, are you making the best showing? Looking to set your rig apart from everyone else? Want your engine, truck, or rescue to be easily identifiable? There is a solution. With large aluminum grill numbers and full-width rear mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills. Formed by Danny and a team of fellow firefighters, Box Alarm Grills gets it. They know what it means to show pride in your ride, delivering the quality construction and design that fire departments demand. That's why their grill numbers and mud flaps grab attention, enhance visibility, and make your fleet recognizable on scene while responding or just driving around town. Built in the USA by a family-owned business, Box Alarm Grills is quickly becoming the choice of fire companies, apparatus planners, and fire truck manufacturers with out-of-the-box or custom solutions. Check out functional, durable grill numbers and mud flaps from Box Alarm Grills today at BoxAlarmGrills.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And like Danny and his crew like to say, add pride to your ride. Hey everyone, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Welcome back to the podcast. Another incredible episode on tap for today. Today, Trevor Meter. Fireman out of Frederick County, Maryland, station for the truck house. What I love about this conversation is that this is a six-year career fireman. Six years, 29 years old. He's a younger guy that is absolutely dedicated to this job, and I can't wait to dive in because I know so many guests that we have that, or I'm sorry, so many people that listen to this podcast are right in that wheelhouse, that 5 to 10-year, 5 to 15 or 20-year mark. And I just think having a guy with six years of experience who's as passionate as he is about the job, this is going to bring tremendous value today. Trevor, thanks thanks for coming to the show, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is cool. So you and I, a little background. You and I met when we were doing show and tell in Frederick County, Maryland. So RJ uh, and and Chief Malta, we were down there. Uh, We didn't see Frank that day, but we did see RJ. Um, And he took us around, and we stopped over at the truck house and- um, you know, it's this like super old firehouse. The truck barely fits in the one bay, right? I mean, you need like a shoehorn to get the tiller in there, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then you come bopping around the corner, and I was like, oh, look at this guy, man. He's like shirts tucked in tight, nice belt buckle. Like this guy's squared away. Boots are clean. Like I just I loved it from the get. And we just had a great conversation. And you were super welcoming. Um, and so on. And so when we walked away afterwards, I was talking to RJ about it and he, um, he spoke very highly of you and how motivated you are and how much you're into the job. Um, and then he said, you know, he'd be a great guest for you because, you know, he brings so much to the table and he's a young guy. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. And, uh, so this has been on the books for what a month or two now to get you find a day that actually worked for us to get together. Um, but thank you, man. Thanks for joining me today. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. We've had it on the schedule for a while. Uh, dates didn't line up initially, but we finally, finally got to
0: it. Yeah, and here we are. So, I mean, I love the 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 beginning story, right? Like chapter one of all of our guests, because it kind of paints a picture about like how you got to where you are today. And so, the foundation of the fire service, uh, I come to know that you didn't volunteer before the career service. So, my guess is then is that you maybe came across this a little bit later. How did you, how did you find the fire service, man?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. No, no volunteer service prior to this. Um, prior to being in the fire service, I did four years in the Marine Corps in the, uh, in the infantry out in 29 Palms. But the, uh, the fire service has always been in the back of my mind. Um, just that mindset of, of serving or, or helping out and just being in that like high stress environment with with a group of guys that most people refer to as their brothers um which is very similar worlds coming from the marine corps transitioning into civilian life and kind of looking for that brotherhood again if you will right sure um so it's it's always been on the forefront of my mind and even uh being very new into the marine corps i knew when i got out i was uh, in my mind i knew i wanted to be a fireman um and i think it, it might sound cliche but uh growing up being young but young enough to remember 9-11 and, and comprehend what's going on um we watched the news a lot growing up uh in my house and watching 9-11 on the news you know you remember you remember it as a kid you remember seeing it and there's really two things that you see after that is you see the firemen working and then for the following decade and and to come you see marines and, and army and uh, yeah and air force guys on the news all the time so these guys kind of become your uh, your, your superheroes your your, um, your role models, if sure. you will, and your your parents kind of tell you like those, those are the good people in the world, like those firemen, those, those Marines, those, those soldiers. So you emulate these guys and then you grow up and, and you want to, you want to be them. You want to do what they do. You want to, you want to have honor and you want to have that brotherhood. And, um, so I think that's where it really kind of got embedded in my mind at a young age. And, um, I think that's how, that's how I, I kind of came to it. But, uh, A lot of people told me to to volunteer before, but I I really got lucky when I threw my name in the hat after I got out of the Marine Corps and started to apply to different places. I I got, you know, I was uh, three for three, and and Frederick was uh, one of the first people to call back.
0: Nice. Nice. So that's kind of, what, 23 years old? You're 29 now, six years as a fireman. So 23 you got hired?
1: Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so four years in the Marine Corps from— uh, 18 and up, and wow, then about cool. maybe a six-month or five-month difference between getting out and getting hired.
0: Yeah. And so let me ask you this. Six years in, has the fire service lived up to what you wanted it to be for you? I mean, you're coming out of the Marines. You're looking for continuing that, you know, disciplined paramilitary, brotherhood, camaraderie, you know, mission-forward type career. How the fire service do for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, initially the – Academy was very very similar to the paramilitary organization and in Frederick County specifically at the time the battalion chief of training was actually a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps so oh, there you go. his his methodologies lined up exactly with what I was familiar with and it, it I mean we just clicked instantly as as I started coming through the training and and uh, seeing how he has he lined up Uh, frederick county's training academy to the marine corps and just the parallels were were so uh awesome to me just to come into this world and be uh be familiar with something that i have no idea about yeah and then and then coming out of the academy into the field um uh i worked with such great people and then the officers were just absolute like the best. I, I can't even, I don't know any words to describe them other than that, but.
0: Does that come from the foundation that Frederick County fire training is built on? Because I know like you just, you talked about it very briefly there, but like I know firsthand how intense your academy process is. I would probably say it's one of the toughest academies in the country. Um, and, and I'm just snowballing here, but I know for the length and how it works and, and the uh, the paramilitary design around it, Um, and how hard you guys push the importance of this job. Uh, It's not a light, excuse me, it's not a light task. I mean, people that register, sign up, get hired, and go through the academy, and Frederick certainly come out of that program well-oiled.
1: Yeah, and I think um, it it 100% is is revolved around the, the methodologies of, the Marine Corps um, and the similarities between the paramilitary organization and and working in the fire service and I think it creates uh, such a good bond with people from Frederick County Mm. who work and come out of that academy a lot of times it's a trust thing too you know our our organization is so young and we have a lot of guys um, who are who are senior and been around a while but now we have this huge influx of younger guys and I think once they get out of the academy there needs to be some sort of level of trust um with the guys who have been on the job for a while and these yeah. newer guys coming out to say okay this guy might not know a lot but he went through our academy so he's made it this far he's got some level of discipline motivation and a, a very high degree of training um comparatively to maybe other cat other academies in the surrounding areas where they have large volume of numbers, but not maybe the the individual focus of, of the, the small things of the discipline and the um and, and carrying out tasks like
0: that. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? When you have a when you have a process in place, your, your initial academy, and everybody knows how involved it is and what goes into it, that the product coming out, meaning the firefighters, the probationary firefighters that are able to go through the process, graduate and then hit the line. There's a there's a mutual respect and understanding because people know how involved the process is, and I think when you have an academy that's vanilla or watered down, doesn't push people and doesn't hold account, you know, hold them accountable to the levels that you guys do. There's there is that inherent mistrust that is not placed, you know, that is placed on these guys and girls that come into the firehouse because they went through a process that's kind of just vanilla, right? So right. I, I love that. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, and, and um. And with that, like uh, our organization is so young. There's, I, I couldn't even tell you the percentage of guys with five years or less comparatively to five years or more at this point. Really? But it's that it's I, scaling I, that young? Yeah, and, but I think the way that we run it, where we build it from the ground up, we build this solid foundation for these guys when yeah. they come up through the fire service. I think what's going to happen in the next five, ten years is these five-year guys are going to turn into ten-year guys the five-year guys, right, there, and it's just going to keep scaling up and up, and, and you're going to see this, this solid level of foundation of training, motivation, and discipline just keep carrying up through Frederick County. And as we grow and expand into a larger department, which we will 100%, um, you'll see this rock-solid organization that I think is just – was built from the foundation up starting a couple years ago with with our academy.
0: Yeah, and so a uh, little background on Frederick County, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, it's a combination system, career and volunteer uh- – Right? Over 600 firefighters, I think, in the county?
1: That's correct. Yep, coming up on 600.
0: Yeah, and then now you guys have additional staff, additional career staffing that's going to be coming on. You and I were just talking about that, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so this is a growing county. This is a, a growing fire department then?
1: Yeah, yeah. So our the surrounding counties around us are, are very, very populated, very densely populated. And I, what's happening is, is those... Um, those people are coming north so they're leaving dc and yeah. baltimore and montgomery county howard county a lot of those places are so densely populated that it's just it's flooding over into frederick and it's it's been happening for decades long before i got here um but now we're, we're really starting to see the booming of of the uh of neighborhoods being built more um industrial complexes um uh, everything is just amping
0: up. Yeah, so more of a burden put on the emergency services and, of course, fire and EMS services. And so what's going to happen is you're outlying more rural departments are going to become more suburban and then more urban, and you're going to be looking at the volunteers to provide staffing, and it just gets harder and harder. I mean, that's just how the equation yeah. works.
1: Yeah, exactly. Snowball effect.
0: You know what? what's really interesting about Frederick County was when we were there and visited, we were just right downtown, right? The county seat, I guess it was, or whatever it was, right? The the city portion of it, right? Yeah, uh, with, yeah, yeah. with multiple companies and that's where you're stationed with the truck but it does go from urban to suburban to quite rural right so you guys have a lot of everything mixed in throughout the county
1: yeah very and very quickly too you could be mm. um, in the heart of the city in one minute and then a couple blocks up and a right hand turn and you're uh <laughs> you're in the country
0: <laughs> that's got to be i mean for a fireman that's that's good I mean, I would think so. Right. It's it's nice to to have a change of scenery and to try, you know, jobs in different neighborhoods. I mean, it just it uh, it adds to that level of uh, personal. Uh, I don't know. I'm uh, uh, trying to find the word for it, but it's just it it, it makes uh, it makes for a more well-rounded type of firefighting.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's um, I think that's what uh, what Frederick County really takes pride in is is we have the ability to operate in such a condensed um city aspect if you will with large row homes type 3 construction um on on top of each other hydrants everywhere laying out and then you go um a couple box areas over and and you're talking about a rural water operation with tankers and drafting and a, a pump off operation where um guys have to be proficient yeah. in, in both you know you're working in the city one day and you're doing a 48 and you're out in the in the sticks the next and, and you're talking about a completely different ball game with a lot more play time once you get to the fire sure. and uh a lot more um coordination between w- the water supply the fire attack command personnel staffing you know it's a, it's a different ball game out there for sure
0: yeah Take me back then to the statement you made before about the officers. Um, when you came out of the academy, we we're talking about how great the academy was and the solid foundation is important. And that shows. You talked about the the officers um, set you up for success as well, right? You said that you looked up to a lot of the officers you had, and they were they were solid. And because they were part of that, you know, foundation, right? How important is that? And then, do you see yourself now as a six year guy? as the job is really trending younger for you and even with just six years on, you find yourself to be in the middle of the, you know, middle of the class probably now and not a new guy. Right. So like, what does that all look like for you?
1: Yeah. So coming out, I, um, I actually worked for chief Malta who was a a captain at the time at two engine. Mm. And, uh, it was, it was opening to see how uh, proficient he was at the job and how, how much knowledge that he had, and working with a guy like that really brings uh, brings you up to the next level. You have to be performing at the top of your game with him. Uh, otherwise, it, he doesn't accept anything less, which is uh, exactly how it should be. And um, a lot of times it's difficult to perform at that level for such an extended period of time. Yeah. But when the expectation is that high, you know, there's, there's no question. Um, you come to work and you you do, the, you do your job and you go above and beyond. Um, And then when you work for an officer like that, it, um, you want to do more for him. You know, you want, you want to do well, you want to, you want to put out, you want to, you want to do your best. Um, But, but like anything in the fire service, uh, you're not going to be in the same spot forever, you know, you will get transferred and uh, I got transferred to one engine, um, on the West side of Frederick, which is still in the downtown portion. Um, but they do have a lot of rural, uh, uh, box areas as well. Right. Uh, but, but same thing, I got transferred there and worked for another great officer who is now the captain of training at the Academy. And he, he actually works for, for chief Malta as well. So it, um, you know, he, he kind of carried on, has a little different, a little different way, uh, ways of doing things, but but still, you know, a high, high expectation from his guys, whether it be PT or performing on the fire ground or or even running EMS calls, um, very high expectations set forth. And, and, uh, he, he trained me how to, uh, how to drive an engine, how to, um, how to operate a tower and, uh, and run the tanker and some rural water operations. Yeah. But, but that, the, the caliber of officers that, that we have in Frederick, um, it, it, it really makes the firemen push forward to be a lot better than, than what they are and what they could be. So with, with the bar set that high, it, it, uh, it motivates other people to, do, to become just like them and you know, emulate them.
0: Oh, I love that. I mean, that's very well said. Um, and I, I'm sitting here thinking about how many people would be listening to this episode going, man, it must be nice to come out of the academy and then have great bosses. Because the problem is we don't have great bosses everywhere we go. And, um, and so for you, I mean, you're a motivator, though. You're a guy that is mission-driven. You're always pushing yourself to be better. But it's great to be supported by officers that see that within you, and that's their mantra too, right? And so, like, for people that are listening that might be struggling, like, you know, I'm sure you've learned a lot along the way. And I love what you said. You said that the more they push you, the more you want to do for them. And that's that like positive reinforcement and that like just that environment of excitement and learning. And I, I just feel for the people that don't have that. What do you got for the people that are struggling with that? Like, do you do you talk to guys and guys are like, oh man, I wish it was like that. I wish we had structure. I wish we had a boss like that. Like it's gotta be hard, no?
1: Yeah, you know, and um guys who so I came out of the academy with, guys who so I kind of I am coming up through the fire service with, you're at the same um the same year range as i am yeah. um, I, if they're they're with the skill level with me if not uh two times better and i, I, I sometimes i see them they get put at a, a less than desirable station with a less than desirable yeah. officer and you kind of see them kind of their motivation goes down and they, they stop running the the call load that they had before and they stop running the fires that they had before um and nothing, nothing is forever in the fire service. Not you, you won't be at the same station your whole career, um, especially in Frederick County. And I, the main thing is, is, is to focus on, focus on yourself, focus on bettering yourself, um, keeping that motivation. It's, it's the hardest thing to do, but complacency kills. And uh, that was something that was ingrained into me in the, into the Marine Corps, showing up to work and, and, doing your job. And, and a lot of times, what I noticed when I go work overtime or i'm detailed somewhere and um i'm at that station with the less than desirable officer with the low call volume i come in with a with a great attitude a great mindset positive attitude motivated ready to do stuff have some sort of general plan of training for the day and um a lot of times this it just takes one guy i love it and then and then it's the the ball starts rolling then another guy gets interested and then and then the officer comes into play and and then he brings his years of experience with that you know he's like well back in the day you know we used to do this and, and at some point like no one shows up to work and is like oh, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna sit on the couch all day you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be subpar, yeah. you know generally people show up and they want to do a good job and um sometimes it just takes a little a little kick in the butt you know like uh just a little bit of motivation for, from some younger guy to come in with a, a new perspective and and open the door up for these guys.
0: That's what I'm talking about, man. I would, man, you delivered on that. Wow. That was fantastic. It takes one guy. It's just a catalyst, right? Like you can, yep. you know, the complacency does, and we're going to, we're going to get into that complacency does kill. And, and, you know, and, and that, that is a dangerous aspect of the job. And when you get the, the, the like-minded people together, whether you know, in this case, not not an aggressive group that wants to be go getters and they're they're happy with just complacency and this in the status quo. It does just really take sometimes one guy that's excited or brings something fresh or new to the table, and that is infectious. And those guys that are maybe slugs most of the time, they're gonna they're gonna get up, they're gonna come out, they're gonna be a part of it. I agree with you, hundred percent. Nobody just comes to sit on the couch for the day. I agree with you. Yep. Nothing is forever in the fire service. That's good, man. I think that's going to be the title of this episode so far. That was a good quote. I, I enjoy that. So talk to me a little bit about then, um, you know, the early days were, you know, really um, shaped you and helped you understand what the fire service is all about. It didn't disappoint, as you said. Then you get in the firehouse, you start running calls, and you start having to learn the craft. How much did you fall in love with that part of it?
1: Uh, it, was, it was awesome. I was absolutely consumed by it, and, nice. and my wife can- can attest to that for sure (laughs) um the uh the part that i was most worried about um was the area familiarization learning the streets learning the run routes and stuff like that and I, my shift that i went to specifically as as a probie was huge on area familiarization and and knowing the streets and knowing your first do second do and third do area run routes um once, once we started studying that and I picked that up, it was uh, like it's infectious now. It's, it's all I want to do is learn. So I want to know all the streets in Frederick County and, and the surrounding counties uh, so on and so forth. But
0: brother, it's a game for me, man. Like I, I'm yeah. very much the same way and I'm you know I find myself now chauffeuring a lot, um, driving the engine quite often these days only because I'm like one of the senior guys that, that are in the firehouse now and so I typically ends up being my seat. And for me, man, it's a game went to a fire the other night, man. And I'm like, I got 15 ways in my head of how I want to get there. And then you got to think about what time of day it is. And like, you know, what time of night, which way do I want to come in? If all the first two companies are coming in this way, which way do I want to like, it's an absolute game for me. And I challenge people. To think about it that way, right? Like I yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's a game for me. I think I think chauffeuring is a lot of fun and there's so much involved. And when the when the boss can sit back and do what he has to do and lets the chauffeur operate and do his thing, when you have a good chauffeur, man, it's a home run. There's no doubt.
1: Yeah, and you can you can instant instantly tell, and um and you've seen it in Frederick County how tight we are. On sure, you know if, absolutely. If you, you stop to tie your shoe, or your shoe, you went from from first due to third dude just like that. Yeah, you guys are on top Far of each first. other
0: downtown for yeah. sure.
1: Yep, yep, and and that's another thing I noticed was was when I got to the field the uh, the competition factor of of wanting to not beat crews in but but have the ability to have that speed and efficiency on on all calls. You know the what i noticed initially was every every call no matter what they ran to the engine they ran to the ambulance um just just the motivation to get out the door and get on the street as fast as possible for the citizens you know not just because it's not just because it's cool to beat someone but but to be fast and be quick but also not move faster than you can think and be able to think about what's going to happen and and know your next move um Based on your your assignment or or what type of call you're going to, so that was that was something I I picked up picked up on very quickly is um having the ability to think very fast but not not move faster than you can think.
0: I love that. I mean, that really puts things in perspective because you think about when the when the tones drop and you're racing racing to get on that rig. And like you said, it's for the people we serve. I mean, yes, there is this company rivalry, especially where you are, where every companies are literally within a block or two of each other downtown. So it's like it's a race to get there and it's a company pride thing. But you're right, man. Like we can't lose sight of what the actual mission is, even through all the excitement or challenging or the rivalry to get there so fast. You still have to do the process. And so it's really an art. Like, to teach, it's hard to teach, right? You almost have to find yourself to get to, you know, you work on all these little different things. The driving, the directions, the neighborhood, gearing up, you know, all the all the things that you're supposed to do for the process of it. You have to work on all of them separately. And then when they all come together and it just zends, man, it just works. There's just an art to it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. 100%. Mm. I may ride on the truck these days, but I still keep my original snagger tool by Modus Fire Rescue on me at all times, just in case those guys on the engine need some help moving the line. The snagger is great for that and many more things. It's also great for used for breaking tempered glass or in a pinch as a spanner wrench. So head over to ModusFireRescue.com and use code THESIZEUP, one word, to save yourself 5%. This episode's brought to you by Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew at Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 tins in the market, they are a leader in the helmet front space. Custom design, one-offs to department orders, they can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours. Customer service is what they pride themselves on, and they provide nothing but top-shelf product and service to their customers check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering they've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the national fire radio podcast and platform and taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours and we appreciate the support and at checkout for a little extra bonus use coupon code nfr sent me that's nfr sent me for a discount on your order exclusions do apply Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. So talk to me a little bit then, you know, uh, it's exciting. So the, the aspect of it, you fall in love with it. You love the craft of it. You love getting your hands dirty. Now, I know teaching is important for you. I know today, um, you know, you've been working with the recruit school. You're an instructor. You also work for with RJ and the crew at Capital Fire Training, which I know is passionate to you. I know you love to teach, and I know you love to instruct and, and share what you've learned. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you've learned, meaning some memorable things in the fire service, some things that have hit you. I know you were involved, in and maybe we can go down, you know, kind of get into this conversation. Um, you know, I know you were directly involved at the line of duty death on August 11th of 2021 with Captain Josh Laird. Um, maybe you can take me down the road on that. I mean, that's early in your career. I mean, this is this is two years ago now. Uh, two years ago this coming August, right? It was August of 2021, um i'm sure that day will stick with you forever um maybe you can take me down that road a little bit
1: yeah yeah definitely and um yeah to, to kind of start from the top with mm. with the thing it's i know i know there's probably a lot of senior guys that are, are listening and they hear that in the six years of teaching you know like that's that's wrong. I shouldn't, that's not right. Like what, what experience is, is he teaching from? And, well, I disagree
0: and, with that, Trevor. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm saying, I, I disagree with yeah. that. I don't want you to think that way. I really don't, but go ahead. Talk, tell me what you were yeah, going to yeah. say.
1: Yeah, no, but it, you know, I, and I see it and I acknowledge it. And, um, uh, it's, it's, a it's something that you have a drive for, you know, if you, if you want, if you want the knowledge, if you want the experience, and maybe the experience isn't always there, but, but if you want the knowledge base and the skills, you know, if you're driven to get it, you know, you'll, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it 100%. That's right. And, um, there's, there's certain individuals who who have the ability to do that. And, uh, you know, the, the motivated, the motivated will find a way. So it's, it's, um, when, when they had called me to be become an instructor or kind of like proed me on, on becoming an instructor, I first became a a PT instructor and then kind of got the ball rolling from there from going from PT into the, fire training and and even the ems side as well a little bit but the being out there and and teaching the the younger guys coming in and, and the recruits specifically it's i find it that they might might have the ability to connect with me a little bit better since i'm,
0: I'm amen i'm
1: a, i'm in more sight of what they have 100 percent a year year guy and a, and a, a captain or a lieutenant and they're telling them these things um they can they can directly look at me and sit and look at and that's I, I could be there in the next three years I could I could do exactly what he's doing in the next three to four years and he's telling me he did this this and this and he went to this call and and he saw this and did this and and a lot of times what I'm telling him is, is most of the mistakes that I've made which I've made plenty of them you know and I, and hopefully that they learn from them um, and then that, and that kind of rolls right into the the ball road uh, event yeah um, with with learning from mistakes and uh, for for just to kind of start, start back on the top of that. I was the, um, I was the Josh's engine driver that day. Mm. Um, not a brand new engine driver, but a newer engine driver. Uh, I had been been cut loose on an engine for a while. I had been cut loose on the, uh, the tiller truck on the back and the front. Um, and I had been detailing around for a while. Uh, that, that was a random day. It was the a random Wednesday I had worked. Um, in that area but not at that station specifically ever so when i when i actually showed up that day i didn't know the door code to get into the firehouse so the guys the guys before me um it was really hot out they left the bay door cracked. so i actually i actually snuck into the firehouse that morning um i i get i get to the firehouse at 4 a.m shift starts at 6 uh so i start setting up and i really wanted to look over the engine we have a it's not a program but it's kind of just a, a way we do things where if you're a county engine driver and that station has a county engine even if you haven't driven that engine you're you're cut loose there which which has its perks and and a lot of people have their um their opinions on it but at station two we had that same exact engine just a little bit different equipment on it maybe a little bit different layout um so i've, I've seen that engine i've operated on I'm that familiar
0: engine. with it yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly so mm-hmm. i got there earlier that day and, and started setting up but um with with the ball road event we uh we were actually clearing a separate call a large thunderstorm had rolled through and when we cleared the call all of the stoplights in between that call and the firehouse station 25 were all out so we were actually stuck at this it was just a large four-way stop at this point busy time of the day kind of end of the day and uh people coming home from work. So if we weren't stopped at that um out of service light, we would have been well, well gone and, and might have went from first due to second due. But mm, we were wow. stopped at the light and and uh he called uh he said box and I said where at? And he said ball road and the only that's probably the only street in that first year area that I knew how to get to just because of um I used to take that street to the academy every day. So went oh, Re- wow. Re- I knew exactly where to go. Yeah. Um, and with that thunderstorm rolling through, once we made uh made that left onto the the main drag, we um you could see the calm clears day, and mm. it wasn't wasn't really even a column just because there was so much humidity that day that um, everything was banked down. Just staying so, low, yeah, yeah. It was just this black, you know, like once blue sky to the right and just absolutely black to the left. So we, we knew we had a job going into it, and um I I had a feeling we were going to be first year just because. The other engine company, they were on a bunch of, of um, fire alarms and a, a, I think a stuck elevator just after that thunderstorm rolled through. It just kind of amped everything mm-hmm. up. Yeah, but um, we we arrived on scene first, due. and like I said, we're in the we're in the country for the day, so rural water operation large fire once we got there large structured house on sat on top of a hill i forget the exact um, level of elevation but significant distance away from the street right um so much so that we had to do a split lay down half of the driveway once it it turned left and um we got there no point in time did anyone hesitate getting out of the engine you know every brake break was pulled and everyone went to work lineman pulled the line did a phenomenal job pulled it by himself stretched it around to the charlie side uh large heavy volume fire back there um josh got off the engine and and he started his 360 um a, as he went as he went to that backyard i, I started connecting lines pulling the LBH off connecting to the intake grabbing ladders throwing ladders i knew the ladder company might be delayed a little bit yeah um actually had to hop a fence with a 28 on my, on my shoulder, teeter tottered over the back, you know? And, um, as I'm coming around the Delta side with this ladder, I'm looking up for the second story in this mansion, just to get this ladder off my shoulder and get back to the engine. Um, other people started showing up, pulling lines, um, a pretty high ranking chief officer got there pretty quickly. He lived right around the corner. He, he pulled a line as he pulled a two and a half inch off, Um, so that's it everything's kind of going on real crazy at once everything's real amped up the first couple minutes especially for the engine driver you know you're there you're alone multiple lines off you don't have a water source yet so
0: was it a 500 gallon engine uh
1: 750 750 okay not not a lot of time to play with but no but yeah and uh so you're kind of calculating you know how much do we have left there it's such a big house you can't really see how much water they're flowing or if they're constantly right. flowing um ran out of water for I, I think the report had it exactly timed but i'm um, maybe maximum two minutes right until the, the second do engine got there and then the tanker was, was shortly behind them um but but in that moment where we ran out of water the uh the mayday was called and um I remember making eye contact with one of the senior captains in the department and he was number two in seniority and just seeing his eyes go from just wide just like owls just super wide. everything got quiet. The May day was called. Yeah, May Day was called a- executed absolutely flawlessly, you know, no no terror in his voice, absolutely no panic completely calm it, it was so calm that it actually brought everyone else's stress level i, I, I say it kept it in like the red zone it, it kept everyone from going off the back of the curve and i, I think the main the main reason we stayed calm was because he, he called such a calm mayday and it yeah. kept everyone a cool level-headed yeah but um the mayday operation went down um for the most part, I was just running around, pulling lines, connecting lines, grabbing people, uh, tools and whatnot off the engine. I was completely stripped. You know, every, every single line was off. Uh, every tool, every pack, my pack, my, my SCBA, face piece was gone. Aid bag, gone. Every ladder, attic ladder, um, even to the point where other people from a different county were carrying up more attack lines to, to connect into my my discharges. I yeah. think.
0: Now, so, I mean, it has a lot to do with the setback, right? So, I mean, this is more rural operations. We're talking a mansion, right? Large square footage with a huge setback. And so once those lines are laid and charged, I mean, it's hard to get more equipment up by you, right? So you become everything to everybody, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and uh, I'm, I might be sk- I'm skipping over stuff. No, oh, I, I get it. I get it. Totally. I understand. Yeah. The, but I, coming back to it, the main thing is this is. is being the engine driver that day and being being newer at engine driving um and then operating i'm I, I, if that hadn't happened most people would have walked away that day and high five you know it was it was minus minus the mayday minus the the tragedy that happened it up to that point it was i mean it was a large scale operation that came together once you took a step back and Once I took a step back from the pump panel and looked around, you know, you have a a ladder truck that made it all the way up.
0: Yeah, two tankers
1: that made it up Mm -hmm. there. Two two ladder trucks, the the rural water operation going down with the dump tanks at the end of the street. You know, it's a large scale operation. Yeah, a lot comes
0: together. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but at the same time, you know, all these mistakes. I could tell you every single mistake that I made from beginning from beginning to end, all the way until today of of what I've done in the in the months and years after. But I, I, I feel the need to pass on those mistakes. I feel the need to tell people, the recruits, the newer drivers, the guys coming up through the system of, of I did this wrong that day. This is what had. This is what I should have done. I should have been here. I should have been there. This, this is what I should have done. I shouldn't have charged this line. I should have charged that line. I should have told them, not, you know, all these different mistakes leading up to, to the event and what happened that day. Um, I feel the need to pass on to these other guys, you know.
0: I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, and I, want to, I want to say this, right? So, um, Captain Laird ended up going through the floor, right. Of, of the building. He was recovered, uh, after his mayday, uh, transported and, and subsequently had, had, uh, died from his injuries sustained. Right? I'm, right. I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about being in that position. I mean, you're, you're driving the captain to his fire and, um, you know and then how busy you are with the circumstances this is not a room of contents fire it's not a one line job i mean this is an all consuming job where this is where the importance of that chauffeur has to shine like you know we get away a lot of times with putting a dud behind the wheel of the engine because nine and a half out of ten times they don't have to perform like a like a well-oiled athlete because we're it's a lot of quote-unquote you know routine type stuff right but this is the right. type of incident where we need the most dynamic guy to be able to take initiative but also understand the dynamics of everything on the fire ground it's consuming right yeah
1: 100% yeah and that's it, it that's how it felt just being consumed the yeah. whole time but yeah yeah to, to your point at the end like uh yeah when, it, knowing that he he did pass there on the fire ground you know you, everything kind of starts to settle and the, the adrenaline leaves yeah. and you just just remember going fetal in the back of the engine with uh another another officer who was there who had told me the news but <sighs> it, and, and the 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 hard part is every time you come out of a fire, you know, every crew does the same thing. Like they come back, they gather around the officer, the lineman talks about what he did. The officer right. talks about what he saw, you know, you ask like, how did I sound on the radio? You know, that just, you, you hang out as a crew, you know, you sit on the front bumper, drink some water and BS with the guys, you know, and that day it wasn't, that day wasn't the case, um, mm. which it, it's just, just a lonely feeling, you know, being on the fire grounds and knowing that that happened and, yeah. and then, yeah. Still, you know, having to look look at his guy, you know, look, I wasn't a part of that shift, you know, and then you look at the guys on his shift who were there that day, you know, you just, you, you feel like you let them down. The guys who were off that day who were supposed to be driving, you know, who were normally driving around, you know, you feel like you, you, you almost only want to look them in the eyes, you know, because you feel like that was their officer, you know.
0: How'd you deal with that,
1: brother? Yeah. I, I had to, um, I actually had overtime the next, the very next day night side and uh I actually worked the next day at the first new truck company that responded to that incident and um I, I knew I knew I had to get back on a truck I knew I had to get back on an engine and drive um and that's what I did the very next day and I was I was extremely nervous to be you know the you know like I, cu- I couldn't imagine what it was like for that officer the next day sitting next to me and driving thinking you know this guy just drove someone yesterday Yeah, and he didn't come home and now I'm sitting next to him, you know, like that's in my mind, that's what I was thinking that they were thinking about me, but I think just breaking that ice and, you know, most of the officers that I drew in the, in the time to come after that, you know, they were very um, conducive to what I was going through, but at the same time, I didn't want any soft treatment. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be treated any other way. In fact, I wanted, I wanted a lot of the, my mentors to come to me and tell me, you know, like, what i did wrong you know i knew everything i did wrong i knew all my mistakes i really wanted people to come up to me and tell me like you know you did this wrong you did that or just like after a normal fire you know you want you want people to challenge you and i think a lot of people when they leave fires and, and you see them and they high five and they talk about all the good stuff they did like those are the, those are the guys who really didn't do a good job i agree you with see you the, yep you see the guys who leave a fire and they're kind of quiet and they're thinking about what they did and then they're going to their other mentors and they're talking like hey did i sound good here should i have done this you know they're, they're, they're conducting an a- after action on themselves. Yes. Know, those are the guys who are squared away. So Did that's, you... that's, that's kind of, yeah, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. That's, that's, um, that's what I kind of wanted. And, and I had the officer who I worked for at the time, you know, he, um, very squared away. Uh, I was still a detailer out of his station at the, at the truck house at the time, but, um, you know, with, without him, I don't don't know what I would have done after that incident. You know, he was, he was almost like a, a father figure to me after, after that had happened. And I think that just confirms how much the officer of a firehouse has a a play and a a factor in, in his employees' lives, you know, like that, Mm -hmm. that, I mean, he was a, a rock for, for me, you know, in so many different ways that he doesn't even know, you know, so that, I think that that plays just to bring it all around in a circle, you know, the officer plays such a huge role in these guys in the young guys' life. You know,
0: did you, um, did you struggle with this? I mean, other than, you know, questioning your, you know, your actions, which, you know, you would do on a regular fire, right? I mean, it's just who you are. I mean, you've been programmed that way to, You know, really deep dive into your own actions and, um, you know, and and figure out what you did right, what you did wrong. And you would do that for, you know, anything. But for a fire like this, I mean, to get to have to go back the next day to get back and that was important to you to get back on the rig. I mean, I understand that. But I I have to imagine, though, that, you know, you needed some time for yourself, too. And um, and to have mentors and to have officers that were there for you. Um, speaks to that real solid foundation from which you guys are all you all come from though
1: yeah yeah and i think i, I struggle just as much as the next guy you know yeah. a lot of people don't they might not talk about it as much but i think getting back on the truck helped i think having the officers help and then um having a a, a a a huge family support at home yeah. and my wife um, coming home to her, and you know, her keeping an eye on me and sure, and me on how I did. You know, she's she's my wife, but she's also my counselor. You know, like I, she knows.
0: Yeah,
1: we talk about everything, and I and
0: so important. She, she, yeah, she
1: she played just as much as a role as the officer did, probably even even more so. You know, because she she was there. You know, they sent us home after that, so she was there immediately afterwards, and and she saw the aftermath and uh, and how it affected me. That's just just in the moments after, but. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the 50% of it was the officer, and and then the other 50% was the home life, you know, and and she's such a rock and a, yeah. a foundation for me. So that's probably what what was the uh, the distinguishing factor.
0: Mm, I bet. I mean, that's you know, the solid foundation at home is 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 more important than even the firehouse, right? And that's that's why our marriages matter, our families matter. That's why we have to put the time in there too. Um, and uh, you know, I, I get that. I, I totally get that Trevor, no doubt. Um, so afterwards, I mean, you talk about mistakes and, you know, and it's more about maybe focusing on what we could do better and so on that process for you. How important is that to learn from your actions?
1: I, I think it's, it's the majority of the way that I actually learn which kind of sucks mm. cuz you make a but you make you make a bunch of mistakes. Brother, we make First, mistakes
0: all day long, all of us. Yeah,
1: I know it. I know it and um I I am very I'm very hard on myself so so when I do make a mistake, up uh, even a simple mistake, it, it it stays with me, but I think it's a it's a good thing because I I, I won't I won't make it twice. Yeah. Um I, the the department now is doing um, after-action reports on mm. anything that goes to a a rapid intervention dispatch. So any basically any working fire, they'll, they'll do an after-action report. Which uh, me and my current officer and my current shift, we we actually print them all out and we read them. We keep them in a file. Oh wow! And we, I learned tremendously from a lot of them. The just the minute mistakes that they call out in there. Uh, you learn from you know you learn from other guys mistakes you learn from what other guys did well or or something that that they did that you wouldn't have even thought of doing until they did it and they're just calling on from experiences and they're calling from from the, the mistakes that they made so i think the after action reports are um they're they're crucial to the fire service so history doesn't repeat itself and at the same time that we studied the line of duty deaths uh, and Chief Malta was really big on studying line of duty deaths. So being a young guy and studying those and then subsequently being a part of one, um, yeah. you 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 kind of you see the similarities in them. And then you see what what we did that that worked out and what we did that didn't work out. And everything was was annotated in the report for the most part. Um but, but we 100% are learning from them and we're still correcting mistakes as a department and as a County as a whole to, to overcome that and make sure it doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah. I, I think what's really interesting, right? I mean, I, I've, I've gone down the hole of reading a lot of different, um, uh, line of duty reports over the years. Um, I haven't, I haven't read too many, um, probably, I don't know, in the last year or two. And it, I probably, I need to, right. It's, it's, I couldn't agree with you more that when you dedicate some time to it and learn from you know situations that have happened with you believing in learning from your mistakes it's the mantra of what departments need to understand too and I think a lot of times when we when there's incidents like this people don't really give the uh 100% feedback on the incident when they're being interviewed when the when the uh, you know they're building out the report and they're asking for information i think a lot of people shy away from really giving all of it um, but in fact When you have an administration, a department that's willing to learn from that, I mean, every department makes mistakes. Every guideline cannot be super solid, and not every guideline is followed to the I's dotted and T's crossed. I mean, it's just impossible. And so when these reports come out from line of duty deaths, we need to learn from them. And anybody that's not willing to or anybody that wants to turn a blind eye to it, you know, they're part of the problem. And, um, it sounds like the department is very much in line with you personally, meaning you learn from your mistakes. That's important to you. And that's part of your process. It sounds like Frederick County is also doing the same because in fact, you guys are going to be increasing staffing on some companies, which comes from as a correlation to the report that was issued on this line of duty death. Correct? Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, certain select engine companies will be getting four personnel staffing. The trail company will be getting four person staffing, um, and then there's a, a model to build it out even, even farther after that as far as, like, a medic unit plan, <laughs> plan and then uh, other different engine companies as well to get, to get four-person staffing. Now, it, uh, of course, it, it might have changed as I'm speaking out sure, loud. Sure, I get it. it but, yeah. you know, it's, it's there. The plan is there.
0: Which I have to think for you as a six-year fireman with Frederick County who was directly involved with this incident, there has to be some type of... I don't know, uh, appreciation for something coming from this, right? I mean, too often nothing ever comes from a, a terrible, tragic situation that occurred. And for the for the city and for the county, for the department to recognize that and to do more for the fire department to try to correct something or make something a little bit better, add another layer of protection, another, another guy in the truck, another guy in the engine, it goes a very long way.
1: Right, right. And I think... I think once um, once we start to see it build out, you know, that that guys will have an appreciation for it. I was telling the recruit class the other day during a, a truck company class that we were teaching that kind of discussing what happened a little bit. And then it kind of dawned on me. And I even told him, I was like, you, you guys realize that you're you're here because that happened. You guys yeah. are hired. To fill in that gap and and and, and correct that issue and, I, and and then once these guys get put on these engine companies and truck companies where they're the fourth person like they should remember that every day like you, you're getting on this engine, you're getting on the truck as the fourth guy because that happened don't put that to waste like continue that on and, and carry it on don't make those same mistakes again and don't let it happen again you know that's that's why you're here right now because that happened.
0: that's powerful man that yeah. is, that's powerful. Coming from you, and this is this is what you were talking about before. Coming from a younger guy, a younger face, uh, six years in the fire service, and Frederick, those guys can relate to you. And I think you bring a tremendous amount to the table, and I think when it comes to teaching, it's the storytelling also. You know, we can teach skills, we can teach practical, you know, practical skills and, and sets and abilities, but also the storytelling and the experience telling absolutely matters and puts people in the right mindset truly i believe that
1: right yeah it's, it's it's powerful to hear other people's experiences and then you draw from them and then and then you build your own experiences and then uh you you pass them on And i think that's 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 what the fire service is you know i, I think uh liam flaherty said it uh in a documentary that I'd watched prior to getting hired, you know, if, if, if you're the senior man and you're not passing on your knowledge, you know, you're, you're not a senior man, you're not doing your job. Yeah. That's, that's what I view a senior man as, is, is those guys passing on those experiences, those stories to, to me. Um, I view them as a senior man. If you're not doing that in my eyes, you're, you're, you're not a senior man. And, and if, if that's you, you know, wake up, you know, pass on your, pass on your, your experiences. You have the experiences, pass them on.
0: I love that. And on top of that, then that just parallels the, uh, your desire to teach and learn outside of the department too, as much as you're helping with the recruit class and and in doing some of that, you also teach outside with, with a cadre of guys with capital fire training. Right. And, uh, talk to me a little bit about getting outside of your own department and, and, uh, whether it's instructing, teaching, or even being a student, how important is it for you to get outside of the Frederick County umbrella?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was an eye opener at first.
0: um, (laughs) I love that. Yeah. yeah, It always is. uh, Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, I, I think specifically in the East coast of the DMV area, we get, we get caught in our bubble, you know, and Mm. uh, we get so, um, we take everything for granted, I think in the DMV area, maybe even up so towards New Jersey and Pittsburgh and, and, and on the East coast, uh, in general, once you start to move South and West and get into the central part of the country, uh, you know, that's, it's a different world out there. They might be a little bit behind the times, but I, I think some of the best firemen that we've ever met are from towns that you've never heard of. That's and, right. And these guys come with all the, you know, they, they have the most, they have motivation. They have, they might not have the equipment, but, but they're, they're coming in their off time to come train for a whole week or a whole weekend with us. Um, and, you know, who am I, but, but these guys are showing up and, and they're looking, they're looking at us for, for answers and, and different ways that we teach and different, different ways that we do stuff it was, uh, it's, it's really cool to just see that, that brotherhood span out across the country into the South, Midwest, West coast. Um, it's, it's amazing to see how, how departments operate a little bit differently, but, um, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I, I'm really excited to keep it going and and just get a, get a bigger platform with capital fire and and, and just to see where it goes.
0: I love that. I mean, I look at it this way, brother, you got six years. I got like almost 30 years and I'll tell you this, (laughs) brother, I'll tell you this. No joke. I'll tell you this. When I, when I go and I travel to small corners, small towns, conferences here, conferences there, and you meet some of these people uh, that just can't get enough. And, um, it fires me up, bro. Like, it, it it makes me think about how spoiled we are where I come from. And we're, we're so spoiled that we take a lot of things for granted. And then I meet these guys that they don't have uh, two sticks to rub together, and yet they're so into the job, and they're so into the passion of firefighting and pushing themselves to be better. It is it is infectious. And, yeah. um, man, I challenge anyone that if you don't get outside of your bubble, you're never going to learn um, because there's so much more to this job than just what, you know.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. So what's next for you, man? We're going to start wrapping. What's next for you? What's exciting? What's new? What's coming up? Anything?
1: Yeah. The, the big thing on my radar right now is I have a, uh, a promotional exam for the rank of technician, cool. um, coming up on the, on June 28th is a written and then the practical should I pass the written exam is, um end of july so that's really and what is a technique what's
0: a technician
1: so he he is the driver okay. uh, of either the engine or the truck or, or or whatever heavy piece of apparatus that that he'll be assigned to at that station um definitely in frederick county a coveted position there is no no detailed technician you know there's backup drivers to them but um, is
0: that what you've been then a backup driver like because you've been talking about driving and wheeling and so on so is that like a backup position or
1: yeah yeah okay. so i I've been a backup driver for a while and then it's, it's kind of weird at the rank of the Tillerman is not really, not a, not a rank. It's just a fireman. So Got it. our, our tillermen don't have to be um, technicians. They just have to have a, most, most of them have a class A license. So they have the ability to drive the front of the ladder truck and the back. So when my technician's off, I fill in his spot in the front of the truck and drive the tractor. And then when he is there, I drive I tiller. Got him. Um, but have the ability to drive other engines but but the rank of technician your job is to to drive the engine of the
0: truck That's exciting and that's a promotional yeah. spot right so that's a bump i mean that's that's where we want to be It is
1: yeah yep yeah. and um that's that's basically at I have nothing planned after that. Everything for the last like six months has been aimed at that, at that
0: test. So. Uh, that's great, man. Well, good luck with that. I'm sure you'll crush it. I'm sure you're gonna do great. Yeah. Um. What a great conversation today, man. Truly. Uh. I can't thank you enough for sharing some of that. You know, uh, personal tragedy that you had with um with Captain Laird and um and what you dealt with with that and um and lessons learned. Uh, it can never be an easy story, I'm sure, but you know, his legacy needs to live on, and it's guys like you that are willing to share the story and, and talk about it, I think, helps all of us be a little bit better, and um, I thank you for that, man, truly.
1: Yeah, of course. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on here and, and to, to share uh, just a little bit of experience that I have and, um, and to, to, to keep going with the, with the journey.
0: That's what it's all about, man. you got everything in front of you, brother. And, uh, you know, meeting you and, and, and getting to know you a little bit more today, uh, I know that you have an incredible career in front of you. I know that you have some uh, great mentors uh, that you work alongside of. Uh, a few of them have been on this show, and, and I call them friends. Um, I think that you come from an incredible foundation, so I wish you nothing but the utmost success with, the, with, with your career, uh, and I look forward to seeing you again, man. I appreciate this very much. Thank you, brother.
1: Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate everything. Uh, you definitely got to come back to Frederick. We'll have you down.
0: Hell yeah. I, I'm coming down this time. Uh, breakfast and lunch is on me. You guys spoiled us rotten when we were down there. So uh, the <laughs> next good. the next go around, uh, that's on me. And uh, I'd, I'd love to spend the day down there again with you guys. It was just a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, man, I met incredible people in the firehouses were super squared away and, and the guys were appreciative and, it was just a, a great experience that really stood out to me, and um, I think it has everything to do with that solid foundation that we talked about and what the beginning of this podcast was all about. I think that that yep. matters, and and when yeah. you build that solid foundation, you can build upon that, and everything you build on a solid foundation is sturdy, and um, that's freaking awesome, brother, so... Yep. Trevor, thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Appreciate you. Uh, stay right here. I'm just going to sign off the podcast, and I'll come right back to you, man. Hang on one sec, okay? Sounds good. I appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio pod- Podcast. Excuse me. Trevor Meter, Frederick County, Maryland, six years in the fire service. What an incredible story today. Um, I'll tell you this. Uh these young guys excite me and um they got everything in front of them and the years that they've put in already and and the the what they're doing is just making this job better and a guy like trevor is a big part of that equation so do me a favor take this conversation back to the kitchen table and talk about it because when we talk about the job we're making the job better we'll see you at the next one thanks for tuning in jeremy national fire radio